Welcome back to episode two of Octorpio Rising podcast. This is titled The Lost Decade. This is Kenny. This is Tony. And this is Jaren. We left off that we had found our dream, our passion, that we were about to go start creating movies. We yeah. thought we had it all. Yes, we were about and to take off. And then it all came crashing down. Then <laughs> life happened. Yeah. Behind the music. No, it's, this is really what we wanted to get across is that there are ups and downs to every journey is a good way to put it. But ours, basically, we call it the lost decade because literally what we had in mind for the next step of Scorpio Entertainment at that time was we're going to write some scripts and sell those scripts, get our names out there, and then have the capital basically to be able to make whatever we want. And how did that go, Kenny? <laughs> well, after 2004, after we graduated, we had the production budget and everything. And like uh, we said, we were coming off the high of our, the high. our big... Our big uh, debut moment as Scorpio Entertainment. Once you leave college, you find out that you don't have any of the equipment, the computer software, the amount of friends accessible in the college campus to actually help you. Yeah, it's a lot different than being, uh, being submersed in the college atmosphere when you suddenly have that, that moment of realization that, okay, I'm starting from scratch. And also something we'll touch on a little later down the line, there also was no YouTube. Okay, this is setting up for saying what exactly a moment in time was. We were 2004. YouTube was... was just came uh, out. Just people started. weren't knowing it as, a, as an avenue for content creation at oh, the time, though. Yeah, it was yeah. more a place where you could drag and drop your ideas and maybe people will see it, but there was no... There was no idea of being a YouTuber. YouTube officially launched February 14th, 2005. See? So mm. we were right before the so even was, the dawn of YouTube. So we thought like we can we can move to LA. You know, that'd be the only logical step. But of course, you may say like, oh, maybe the passion wasn't great enough, but I think we just were not ready to take well, that step. We were committed. We ended and to our credit, we were meeting with our friend in, in business every week working on scripts. Yeah, well, it's, it's one of those things and it it's something you can look back on and reflect, but I do think it was and I think everybody has it. It was a little bit of that fear of the unknown, right? That little bit of right. the, like, mm -hmm. you know, I want to go do this, but do I want to leave the confines of yeah, this place of comfort? Well, we started saying, oh, we'll just, we'll put our city on the map, you know? Yeah, we did have bright ideas, but I think what maybe held us back was a fear of really flying on our own instead of having that group of friends to fall back on and, and show and always have. We really just had ourselves to make the schedules, make the, make the finish the writing Really where we got caught in a loop was the writing process and, and a constant rewrite of the original script. Well, right. And before we even get to that, one of the next steps that I think we decided to take, you know, knowing that we weren't going to go down to LA right away is my brother and I actually decided to go get our MBAs thinking, let's get some business background so we can really get the company off the ground. And was it helpful to us? Maybe a little bit. It was hard to say at the time because we didn't put it into practice right away. But, you know, doing this stuff now, I think a lot of the, the knowledge came back to us a little bit. But we, we felt comfortable and confident in a lot of things we were doing, even relearning. So we decided the next easiest step was to write a script. And we had we took some of the story ideas that we had. Kind of like the lowest barrier to entry that we could yeah. think of without not having that equipment available, that endless pool of uh, actors and, and, well, uh, and actresses available. We, we were having in mind, this time we're writing a script with big actors in mind. And right. uh, yes. we had that confidence Pre in us saying, oh, we could get, we could even throw out names like Clive Owen back in the day. We were saying, oh, maybe he'll be our, our lead bad guy. or lead, lead We definitely had bright eyes. And, yeah, and, and I think uh, it kind of helped set us up to like write our script though like kind of give us that it gives that, that boost idea of, that background man, of can, can you imagine going yeah. on set? and we thought maybe it's a matter of 
months or a year before we've done a script. And so as Scorpio Entertainment, we kept the name. There was four of us. And the first thing we, we started doing was we watched movies and we tried to break them down. This is with our friend who helped us edit the movie Desperate Hour. And we decided to write a script about a medical I guess medical professional? drama? Medical yeah. professional yeah. drama? A medical thriller? Yeah, there you medical go. thriller. Yeah. And it's actually based off of, of a story of one of our... You could basically yeah. say it was... Based it was off a, a true story? Based it was based story. off a... It could even be a controversial story, one could say, of withheld... Scientific information scientific, The pitch is, what if the cure was real? And we, had, we even had thoughts of what the trailer could be before we'd even written the script. We decided basically to take what we created in college and we're like, let's add some structure to this. Let's add some real no, life. Why we didn't create an actual company at the at the time. All we had was... By name. Yes, was, it was just... We, were formed, we had together. the idea that Scorpio Entertainment was going to be our, our flagship and was going to be the, the banner that we carried out into the world. And that's what we were going to be known as. And that's what we're going to sell scripts as that entity. Really what it came down to is, can we finish this first script? <laughs> yeah, and so we, we kind of went gung-ho into the script writing. We actually took a, like a weekend course when we got there. The class was full, a lot of 40, 50-year-old people in there. Basically people like, they've already done their profession and now they want to get into writing. And we were the, definitely the youngest people there. I mean, we're in Marin County here. Long story short, basically, <laughs> there, there, it is a good step to take, I think, even if you are thinking of being a, a screenwriter, is to find out how a script is actually structured because it isn't just throwing words onto a page randomly. You do have to follow no. a three-act structure and learn all of these tricks of the trade before you can even begin to think about selling a script. And we kind of discovered that a little into this decade. After we graduated with our MBAs, we started working real nine-to-five jobs. We did actually try to go at it without any real formal education, and we wrote this long script. It was about 120 pages. You know, we had our characters, protagonist, antagonist. I think more. we did try to inject more humor into this script. Maybe it, it had that mid-2000s theme of, of just everyday guys kind of joking their way through life yeah, a little there's bit. Some, there's a little, some there's a little lightness there. in there and, and definitely <laughs> just some questionable little. lines even. But we, we basically were trying to make a more full script instead of just one idea. We wanted lots of characters that yeah, we were did, memorable. I think we did try to focus on like that memorable aspect of creating characters that were unique, jumped off the page that really you felt like you connect with. You're like, oh, I want to I know more about these guys. But we ran to one issue with that. Yes. After we decided that we had finished the script, we sent it off to an acquaintance that one of our friends knew who worked for Disney, I think at one point. Time. I think actually wrote scripts for Michael Douglas. Oh, maybe. Or reviewed, excuse me, reviewed them. We were really stoked. We had this masterpiece. We had been working on it for about probably like three years. It was 2013. I'm not quite sure exact date. But uh, anyway, but so we had confidence in it confidence. at that point oh, yeah. when we were sending it out. Oh, yeah. So we got the script notes back. Pretty much the entire script had no structure. Yes. <laughs> and the main character had no quality. Death. Being fully open and honest, we, we were a little surprised at that reaction. We, very we, surprised. We were very surprised. We, uh, we thought, Pretty much the hard work of the script writing phase was done, but it was pretty much back to square zero. We thought after we made that movie in college that anything that we touched was going to be gold. <laughs> we, we were a little delusional as far as both how a film career begins and, and what work goes into making a career out of something like a student film. Going going that next step was kind of maybe we were a little naive about what it takes, especially in 2004, before there was a lot of social media outlets or ways to get your, your voice heard that were maybe not available at that time. Yeah, I think that was kind of an eye opener for us. And because we were in a group, you know, we all collectively were able to support each other and saying, let's keep going, let's keep yeah, writing. We, we and didn't give up on the dream and we even still met maybe even more often at that point for a little while just to to say where do we go wrong in the script let's rewrite it from scratch pretty much scrapped all the dialogue yeah so it was a bit of a 
a daunting process. We definitely felt like, you know, maybe this wasn't the the right entry into the uh, the world that we wanted to be in, but we felt we strongly we had a good story. And so we just started starting with the main character and building that main character up. We pretty much had a writing room that would consist of us sitting around a dinner table, pitching out dialogue ideas or maybe scene ideas. It wasn't always us knowing what was the next scene to write, but we were always trying to get at least something towards that bigger picture completed every time we met up. And that was that was going on, what would you say, from the years of 2000? Oh, that was like 2013, 14, 15. So um, when we say the last decade, it was a decade of writing one script. It was literally a decade. <laughs> we were literally thinking... All we have to do is complete this script and then kind of start making our dreams come true. Yeah, and I, I think really we discovered that it's just, unless everybody's kind of like honed in and focused and working on this like a full-time side hustle, it's kind of a lot for four guys to come together and, and write dialogue for different characters and keep a story going once a week. And not really uh, doing a lot of homework or assignments in this in this case of saying, okay, next time we meet, bring Right. in such and such pages of work we really just did all our work within when we were at the writer's room table we really came to realize it was kind of a, a well, too many cooks situation it's funny because right. um the few sort of writing classes that we were able to take i think the message really is write what you know and we were writing a medical drama without very much medical experience so we did we did do a little bit of research we researched how pharmaceutical companies work and how hospitals work and, and trying to figure out what we could create from that but yeah, we also didn't a, want to be you know a ripoff of any other movies we wanted to have that origination right. we, we even added had the uh, compared it to other movies in the genre and said we wanted to avoid being a copycat we did collect a, a handful of movies that we felt were in the same vein as kind of what we were striving for especially during the second go around pick the bad ones and the good ones and said, let's not be these let's try to be these now i would say through the script writing process we did actually discover when you start focusing on secondary characters we had some secondary characters we really fell in love with and mm. we kind of gave them the full attention the full attention they had the backstory they had the interaction they, they were had the, the ones dialogue. that if you actually put them to screen they'd probably be the the ones to steal the show the hardest part i think for us was actually in our rewrites was scaling back some of the the sub characters and giving the main character Main characters are probably some of the toughest to write. You want them to be, to be. A, you want there to be a reason that they are the central focus of the story, and and be likable. Have that dialogue that really draws you in. And you want them to move the story. But we we kept getting sidetracked with characters that were supporting characters at best. So I might even say, you know, just from that right there, if, if you guys were going to start anywhere, definitely focus on character development, like finding out who your main character is, you know, yeah. and just kind of really building him him or her up and, and bringing them to life, you know, instead of just trying to write a story that you think will take off. Think about the entertainment side of things when so you're writing characters. Characters and story are important. They, you know, you're not always writing a medical thriller type movie, but even in this process, we realized that character and dialogue is going to be a skill we would have to develop. And it was becoming a little difficult to develop that skill with four different minds on the project because there were differing opinions on what the main character specifically, what his whole arc would be. And it's kind of during this whole process too, just the idea of submitting the script and, you know, you start actually getting pressure from a lot of people, you know, saying like, who know that you've been working on this project and they keep going when are you guys finished when are you guys finished and you start to face you start actually start to, to there's a lot of self-doubt that creeps in you even start as to, a group yeah we, even as we group. collectively kind of felt that pressure and also failure to deliver on a finished script that we were able to actually move to the next stage that was one probably one of the toughest things is we almost felt like we had to be too perfect too good and we had to deliver and that we were kind of letting a lot of people down who were interested in really seeing us now going back off. in time would you say we should maybe have taken that first script even with its shortcomings and just seen what we could do with it or do you think 
what, looking back, I know we can we can play the hindsight game, but where do you think we should have gone after that? I actually moment? don't even know if we knew exactly what we were going to do with that script once we finished. I think I think the idea was was to shoot it, and then we got to a point where like let's just sell it. In a way, maybe we were like dogs chasing cars in that moment, and we just had the end goal in mind more than than the procedure or the 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 hard work that goes in. We kind of wanted to shortcut a bit and into just making movies with our friends again. And to kind of answer your question there. You know, if you were to go back, I mean, one of the things, especially a college student right out of the gate, I mean, today it's probably a little easier, you know, to go get a pretty inexpensive camera that can shoot 4K and then put something out there for people to see. But back then we were talking about going to buy, you know, thousand dollar cameras or something. The amount of information out there to know exactly what we needed to make a film was kind of not available for us. I mean, it was, but it wasn't like all over the place. You had to actually go out and find it. That maybe was where we got stuck in the idea of we're going to sell our script. That was kind of what was holding us back was saying, really, that's the moment where we'll have some money to actually spend is when we sold our first script. So really, that's why we wanted to make doubly sure that this medical thriller was our magnum opus, our big big debut thing that had to, that would get on the blacklist or whatever you want to call right. it that it would get studio attention and maybe then we'd just be working on a studio's dime from that point on yeah, and I, I would say if i was going to go back and, and talk to myself coming out of college i would definitely say put together an actual plan for like how you think you can achieve this because we just felt like let's just start with the script but we could have easily started going like let's reach out to people let's find mentors let's uh, see what equipment that's cheap that we can use mm. and though the routine of of working every week we were pretty diligent working every week it eventually became that was just the time for us to have our friendship time and we weren't necessarily always focusing those hours we spent on the writer's room on the right type of content or even really focused on the right type of goal and we weren't really setting as many deadlines as maybe as we should and i know it's kind of a maybe a bit of a departure from what we're talking about right now but there is a lot of like just influence and things happening back then too like when we graduated 2004 that's when the premiere of entourage started so you know that was kind of like the Hollywood lifestyle, something to aspire to, to look forward to. And, and maybe it blinded us to the reality a bit and kind of gave us the, the more glossy hey uh, Hollywood version. One. But that is a good point to make is that we thought, well, all you got to really do is have your buddy's backs and then we'll just make it work. But, you know, where are some details missing from even, you know, I don't think I would recommend watching Entourage as your guide to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was hoping to be that overnight success. I think it's funny because there is no such thing really as an overnight success. No, it's it was, the hard work that goes into it before you blow up and turn into and something. It was, it was a hard lesson to learn because we were going through those motions for quite a while. Like the years of writing that script kind of melt away now in my mind. I, I, I can't think back <laughs> to a whole lot of specifics from each of those meetings. I just know they kept going on even when we necessarily weren't moving towards the goal any faster than we, we maybe we thought we were moving towards the goal, but we really were kind of hamsters in a wheel at that point kind of the opening of our script <laughs> hamster in a wheel oh yeah are getting... <laughs> i think the script did actually open with a hamster in a wheel didn't it <laughs> yeah there was definitely a moment there where we we had to take some time to really evaluate what we were doing instead of just going through the motions and maybe that would be our advice now would be to always focus on where you're going rather than what the end game that you're dreaming about while it's good to dream, you do have to also plan it out. Yeah, you have to make these plans that takes a lot of charting out, really, when you want to make a business, especially building a brand of content creation. I think we started getting a little more um, serious closer to 2015, 16. And we really said we need to get this done. I mean, we've, we were like seven years in already. We actually started to flip the script a little more on its head. My brother and I started taking more of a 
a lead role into to try and develop some of the characters and there's a lot of great resources out there like save the cat that we used and we also have a screenwriting program so it was actually uh, pretty cool to see kind of our words come to life and that's really if you're involved like we are in in wanting to tell stories and wanting to turn your ideas into scripts it goes to show that you can have an idea you can have what you think is a great idea for a plot but if you don't have that structure in mind you can things can kind of rapidly get you stuck I do also think that maybe it wasn't the right time for our content creation in, in retrospect either. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I think um, especially being a creator, the struggle is actually pretty real when you get out there. We learned right off the bat that it's not an easy thing to do to just start your own companies. You almost are using your day job as a fallback. You know, you're trying to like, well, you know, at least I, at least I'm working a job and you just kind of let it go and you, and you stick your nine to five and you don't really try to go break out of that. You've got to believe in yourself and believe in your goal and your dream that you want to achieve. Really, right. And it's actually kind of hard to, to really realize or see. You don't really, I think it kind of creeps up on you and you kind of slip into just like the everyday life. <laughs> having the time for this kind of thing is a luxury in itself. I know there's different walks of life, different people having struggles just to pay the bills every day. So knowing how much extra free time you even have, your income, you know, your, your relative comfort in life, I know that can, that can vary greatly from person to person, but we had the luxury of having a little time every week to, to set aside. But we know that, you know, not everyone can even find the time to say, okay, I want to focus on my passion project now. But if you don't think you have the time, it's about making that, yeah, that yeah, commitment. To kind of, I wouldn't say counter, but I think every day you could probably find at least five minutes to like put towards that goal. And I think if you do that, you develop a habit of actually working towards yes, that. Very important. But I think it's like an everyday, like that's something that we didn't consider or think about or, you know, it's just once a week. And there's lots of things we're finding out. Like you don't know what your passion is right away. Like it's just, you just try different things and you, and you, you try to figure out like what you connect with. When there's moments of those of self-doubt creeping in, you can definitely get caught up in that easily, but you have to break those feelings through productivity, through doing something Action. that you write every day. And I can even say that, that there was a time when I was to go into my geeky side of uh, life. <laughs> I, I used to write an article for the World of Warcraft trading card game, if we want to even give them a shout out. Vilox. AKA um, so this Jared is where Darcy. I got my zealous celebrity back in the, in the in the 2000s. This is kind of during the lost decade, which is why I want to bring it up. Is that and was that during college or was that after college? Well, this was after college. I got the opportunity to write as a staff writer for the official website for this card game that I played. And through that, I kind of really, I didn't have a lot of time to to prepare the articles, but every every week I, I wrote these thousand word articles and got really good feedback on them. Got a little for uh, a game got, <laughs> for a game. <laughs> and now, so if I can do that and be proud of the work that I achieve in that, I think that's a testament to uh, not to toot my own horn, but I was around, going around the world at that point, visiting different conventions, signing autographs. So if I can get that little zealous celebrity, as I like to call it, out of just a, a little hobby of mine, I like to think of that as as inspiration for anyone out there to. To take something you're passionate about and find the right uh, outlet for and it. And your articles were kind of to, you were helping the community, right? You were trying to give them insights. And, yeah, and, and I, I was specifically was just trying to find the lighter side of the hobby. And I put a lot of personality into my articles and found that my niche was kind of the fun side. My article was called Tier Fun, where compared to so being what, what would you say you were, you were giving the community? I would say I, I was giving the community positivity and kind of a an outlook maybe not everyone had thought about as for, you know, what a bit of, you know, weekly content could be on that particular game. To piggyback off of what you're saying and finding something that you're passionate about to kind of keep that spark alive. That's actually something that we did ourselves too. Whenever we would see each other, we would talk about like we could take your knowledge of card games and we have this, this saga that we want to create in the future and we're going to make a card game out of it and we're going to continue that. But I think that was a huge factor in letting us keep pushing through this decade-long script writing 
one movie. Yeah. And life, when you're a creator or yearning to be a creator, sometimes you just sit down and make yourself right. Other times you just get that moment of inspiration where the words just spill out of you. And I think if you find the, the type of subject where that happens naturally for you, definitely focus on that. Because for me, it was this card game, but for anyone, it could be any aspect of your life that you're so passionate about, where it's not a chore to work on it or work on something about it, that it becomes just second nature. And before you know it, you've you've written a mini novel about building decks or whatever the applicable uh, metaphor would be. In my case, it was a nerdy card game. But for anyone else out there, it could be it could be something you're nerdy about. We, we all geek about out about something. And for us as a group, we yeah. like to geek about out about movies and TV shows and sci-fi. So naturally for us, when we get together in one of these writing rooms, the best, I think, moments happen when we help each other saying, yeah, I think that was a great line for that moment. Or, or I think encouragement can come from others or it can come from yourself when you, you've got to be able to appreciate a good level of quality and have that quality, that mindset for what is a quality bit of content. There's a lot of people out there that have a positive message, a lot of inspirational people out there that you can follow and listen to. And you need to just try things that even if they sound silly or you think people think they're silly, if you like them, if you find a lot of excitement with it or a lot of happiness or drive, pursue it. Find out what you can do with it. There's probably more people out there that are just like you. They, there's a way to turn it into a career most likely. Especially now when we're all connected in more ways than ever with the internet age. Now, keep in mind, we grew up 80s kids. <laughs> we we got to get, get the both sides of the coin. We kind of grew up when there wasn't social media, when there wasn't really sharing ideas. So we were lucky to find similar interests in our neighborhood. Growing up, we grew up in the same block, had other kids who kind of, you know, came and went in our group of friends. But even growing up, we had that imagination. We were we were drawing ideas for characters on blank sheets of paper with our pencils. And we kind of used our imaginations to, you know, we, we didn't we didn't ever have ideas back then that we were going to be turning these into movies. But even at that age, before the internet, I was saying, <laughs> we found ways to to find like-minded individuals that kind of shared passion, a passion for, in this case, drawing characters that you might find in an X-Men comic or something like that. But while ours may be on the on the geekier side of origin stories, we, we definitely want to get that, that idea out that when you find that thing that you're passionate about, regardless of you, if, if you're, you know, drawing al alone in your room or, or writing in your diary or maybe publishing it now to social media, there's more ways to get that message out now of what it is you're passionate about. And there's definitely more people who are willing to take you in and encourage your ideas and your creativity. I always think about how much I love drawing and how much I loved writing deck creation articles for the card game we played or, or tournament reports. Yeah, as a quick and aside, this, when I, I, I did mention that in the first episode that I got these guys hooked on the Star Wars card game. My man here, Tony, he was, uh, <laughs> he was pretty, uh, I, I don't want to tell his story for him, but he uh you, you, you he took can, that idea <laughs> and uh he uh we practiced these card games with each other we were kind of the, the test group back in the day this is like the late 90s before even like the special editions of star wars came out we were playing cards with our favorite characters on them decipher uh, ccg at first maybe you could say we were just learning how to uh buy the <laughs> buy the decks with the best characters and just play those but he he started to take that a step further by the end of it he was definitely renowned in our region as well the, the top tournament the toughest players. region in the country kenny and i we we kind of went to the bottom table and what they call it <laughs> the sea of something, the sea of something. <laughs> um, but anyway <laughs> so how, what is our broadcast rated i forget <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll add it later <laughs>
<laughs> part of the the Octorpio origin story. That was the first time we as a group went out into the world and started interacting with others based around something we were passionate about. And that time it was the Star Wars card game. And it led to pretty new opportunities in our social lives. And, you know, from that point led to some some big prize payouts as well. So taking that leap it was really what we're talking about is we could have just played cards, you know, on the kitchen table at home and never really gone outside our comfort zone. But we decided what's the next step. And because there were tournaments being organized, we took advantage of that and played the San Francisco scene. You know, we're pretty much our first ever. Leaving the, uh, the home, uh, the nest. We were, we were young. So, you know, we weren't exactly driving right after we got our licenses. So this was the first time we decided to set out in the world on an adventure. And card games was, was a great way for us to do that, especially because Star Wars, tying it all into our love of sci-fi, was what we were really passionate about to begin with. So it kind of melded our two worlds together. And that was where we focused our creative energy back in the day. Yeah, and, and then ahead. kind of to sort of fall back on how this tangent started, the opportunity that opened up for me and us to sort of take our love and, and like writing tournament reports. And I used to draw a lot. And this when, is when at the dawn of the internet, by yeah, the way. Yeah, <laughs> and when something like that ends or is taken away from you, you, you just stop doing it when it's something you really love to do. And I think if I had just continued to, to draw or continue to seek out other avenues to write or something, just to keep that, that creativity going, I think we could be, you know, a little further in life. If you want to work in something and doing something you love, which is kind of what our podcast is about, uh, in general. It's all about finding that thing that you eat, you drink, you sleep, you you can't stop thinking about it and Do nurturing it. that love you have for something and finding out how that can be turned into, you know, a way of life. As the script was coming together, um, it was coming into 2016, 2017, we were putting in a lot more work, but we seemed to be meeting a lot less and we were taking this new opportunity this new drive that we had and we were getting ready to do our read through. We wanted to send it out to get published again or to, to be read so that we can finally, I guess, sell the script. It was put up or shut up time pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I feel like, like you were saying, we were working more on it. We had switched a new gear. We were like, the time is now. Like The lost decade wasn't lost on us at this point. We were like, yes, we got to yes. turn this around. And we, we said, we said this, has been, this has been going on too long. 10 years is a long time. And then Unfortunately, the unthinkable happened in our lives and starting a company, the dream of it just was kind of the last thing on our minds. I mean, at the time, we kind of thought that it might have just been the end of Scorpio Entertainment. Yeah, we got to a point where like, this is it. This is our this is the year to, to make the big push, you know, to get out of there. And then as all things in life happen, you know, we, um, we were throwing a curveball and um, uh, our father was diagnosed with cancer and we just kind of stopped pretty much everything, put everything is, on hold yeah, just yeah. for to be with the family, you know, the, the weekly meetings definitely just stopped kind of cold turkey at that point and uh so we were still uh meeting for social events and stuff but the the writing definitely fell off a cliff at that point as far as using that as our way into hollywood or whatever you want to call it so that kind of had to start to think second guess where we wanted to go in life what we wanted to do what we were doing was the right thing to do and and there's just a lot of questions something major like that happens to you and you 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 try to cope with it and deal with it in different ways and Fortunately for us, we had a had a really strong support system and family to kind of lean on. I'm sure there's plenty of listening out there that can relate to moments like this. Even maybe specifically cancer can be one of those subjects where it might bring up moments in other people's lives where you're relating to that being such a big curveball, as you say, that you kind of reevaluate everything in life and, to, mm -hmm. and, and, upside down. Right. and kind of refocus or take that time to reflect on where you are in life and, and really yeah. re realize what needs to happen and, and to turn 
things around. And it wasn't soon after he was diagnosed that he passed away. And then I think that's kind of where we just had to start reevaluating. We kind of ended our movie meetings with the, the, the four member, of us. Yeah. We didn't know where life was going to take us. A lot of the opportunities that we had, we kind of fell back into dealing with the aftermath of recovery, mental, physical. It can take a, a toll on, on a body. People who have been through that know, and me personally, not the other two, but just kind of figuring out like if, you know, you start to think like something's wrong with your, with your own health and your own life, you know, you just start going through this downward spiral of, of struggle. It almost seemed like the unthinkable to kind of pull yourself out of it. It took a toll on all three of us, but of course the brothers here, they definitely had the biggest life changing moment in that, but that, that's definitely where we can mark pretty much the end of Scorpio Entertainment. Sad but true, but being open about it, that that was the life event that really made us say, uh, you've got to take inventory of where we are at. If, if we are going to build anything, it's probably not going to be anything in that lost decade. Yeah, so pretty much, uh, I would say uh, 2017 was pretty much the end, the end of Scorpio Entertainment, the end of starting a production company. But not the end of the dream. Yes. Not the end of the dream. The dream, while seemingly distant, was was still there. So that is the Lost Decade podcast. I think it's the Empire Strikes Back of ours. <laughs> There'll be some, yes. you know, there's definitely some down moments in life, but I think to recap, we took our life experiences, our ups, our downs that we're having in life and use that to reevaluate where we were wanting to go with this idea we had. Sometimes you, you run into these big life moments. You've sometimes got to take inventory, like I said, and refocus your energy in, in the places where you can move forward and start a new beginning. And you can still be lonely even when you're in a group. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely something you, you find and something we were trying to recover from clearly. But I think you'll find in our next episode, it was it was definitely a, a launching pad you can turn sometimes the worst negatives in life and find kind of the phoenix in the ashes. Episode three is going to be talking about the rebirth, the new beginning, the new optimism that is facing Scorpio Entertainment, Octopio next. All right. <laughs>